0: Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. It is time for us.
1: <laughs> Whether
0: you want us or not, here we
1: are. Here we res- are, all our resplendent glory.
2: <laughs> we're resplendent. Okay, I'm, I'm. good just being splendid. I don't have to be resplendent. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'm John Ashton. I am Neil Michaels. Resplendent
1: or not, and we are the approach <laughs> shot when you put it together. Yes, indeed. How are you? How are you? You know, I am fine. I You're I was good. thinking the other day. You were. I was. I've been be. playing I've been playing a lot of golf cuz the weather has been perfect here in the mid south almost midwest whatever you want to call it. All right. We're not sure if we're the northernmost southern city or the southernmost northern city, but we are the front porch to the bluegrass according to a sign I saw at the rest area down the road a little bit. But anyhow. All right. Here we go. I've been playing a lot of golf and I yeah. I I see a lot of hats. Yes, you wear a I lot have, of hats. Actually, I, this is the first time you haven't worn a hat in a while. I know it's just I want to show off my wonderful hair. I have, <laughs> I have a PXG hat, yeah, which is fun because people always, oh, you play PXG. I go, no, all I can afford is the hat, right. and I can afford that because it was free. You know, that's that's the kind of thing. But I I remember the story about a hat. Do you remember mm. back maybe I don't know maybe 10, 12 years ago when Max Fly first came out with the noodle golf ball. I think so. Their positioning statement was long and soft. That yes. you know, soft to spin and long off the face of the club, right? Right. So they had. I went to uh, one of the big box sporting goods stores, and they had a table set up with a big display, mm-hmm. and a spokes model was there, uh-huh. uh, of course, which attracted everybody's attention as they walked by, and they had a deal: you buy a dozen, and they had two extra packs, so it was you buy a dozen, you get eighteen. Oh.
2: How about And that? a free hat? Well, okay.
1: Okay. Bring it on. Yeah, it was like $19.99 for 18 golf balls, so a buck a ball. At that price, you can afford to lose them. Good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is an operative consideration for many of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The spokesmodel, who was very attractive, uh-huh. handed me a hat. She said, here, you get a hat. And I looked at the hat, and I said, no, thank you. And she got You're this kidding. look of abject consternation upon her face. Yeah, we don't turn she, down hats. And she looked at, well, I, yeah, tell my wife that. Okay. <laughs> if you come home with one more hat and one more golf shirt, I don't know what I'm going to do. She looked really sad and she was like, you're the fifth guy who won't take the hat. What's wrong with the hat? And I looked at her and I just held the hat up and I said, do you think any guy with any self respect would wear a hat that says long and soft? <laughs> she blushed from her neck to the hairline and said, I understand. I think I'll stop offering them.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. You could have followed that up with, hey, if you've got somebody in the back making hats, try this instead. We promised you 12, but we'll give you 18. See, now that would have worked. Would probably have gotten some people's attention. Yeah, it would have. Oh my gosh that is yeah. hysterical and I'm <laughs> and I'm glad for your uh, your marriage for your self esteem for all of that that <laughs> you didn't take that. <laughs> That's, oh oh that is a funny story
1: John. Where have Thank you been you. keeping that one? It just came it just popped into my head. I, it's yeah. one of those memories. It's like Facebook, you know, when they they give you these memories you know, like, there's a memory from 10 years ago. I don't remember doing that. <laughs> I mean, that but is me in the picture, but I don't remember doing that. It's still funny. Indeed, it is. Oh, man. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. indeed.
2: Isn't it funny how that sort of has become a thing now? Anytime somebody just lays you up like that, you go, indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. It's you not know, you like can, it wasn't in our vocabulary before they started using it in a commercial.
1: Which came first? It's a chicken or an egg type of thing. Indeed, it is. Yeah, see, because <laughs> <laughs> I can ask you: Is hiring challenging? In, well, indeed, say, it is. Yeah, I would say yes, yes. And then you would say, "Do you love a challenge?" Yes, I would say yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. but you know. Hiring is a challenge and I hate Indeed. hiring. Yes. I hate it. I hate yeah. it, it. I hate it. I hate it. This yeah. is why, I mean, you're the same way. We, we both, we both balk when it comes to you do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. Yeah. We need Indeed. Indeed we do. Indeed. See? Has, exactly. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. Indeed it is. It streamlines hiring with powerful tools that uh, find you candidates exactly matching what you want. See, now that's a big deal. That's a big deal because I remember when I ran
2: my own media company Mm -hmm. and the people that came through the door did not match the qualifications I was looking for. A lot of them probably
1: were on their way to the bathroom and just came in the wrong door. So, (laughs) You tell the folks at Indeed, what you want. You can be as specific as you possibly can. And Indeed does all the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Smart. Uh Uh-huh. So you can start hiring now. You can do it immediately. They have a talent bank and more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed to hire great talent fast. You know, I
2: found out that Indeed is the only job site where you pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements, not all of the other people who don't. So it's not a waste of money. It's not a waste of time. And we can
1: make it easy, easier for you. How can we do that, John? Well, how about we give you a $75 sponsored job credit so you can upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash approach do it quick because the offer is good for a limited time. Okay. Say it again. Say it again. What's the deal? A $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash approach. You can claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash approach. Did you get it yet? I just go to indeed.com slash approach. And support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast, indeed.com/slash approach. You know, Terms in the minutes we've been
2: talking about this, 16 hires were made on Indeed, according to
1: Indeed Data Worldwide. Well, actually, we've been talking about it, I think uh 32 hires long.
2: Maybe 35, because <laughs> we, we kind of went a little <laughs> long. <laughs> Indeed.com slash approach. Go today and claim your $75 sponsored job credit
1: today. 81% of U.S. online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month. So 81% of everybody looking for a job is there. You know who's not looking for a job?
2: Our guest today, because after a, a successful, though shortened because of injury, Major League Baseball career, he has a job in the front office in Major League Baseball. Front the front row. How about that? And, and I can't wait to tease him about this. He has a brother that also is a Major League Baseball pitcher, and his brother has a World Series ring, but he doesn't. So you can imagine <laughs> at Thanksgiving, there's a lot of na 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 nah going on. <laughs> Tyson and- Ross of the San Diego Padres, Texas Rangers, San Francisco Giants, Oakland A's, and now with the Los Angeles Dodgers, who is
1: our guest today on the show. <laughs> Tyson Ross is coming up next here on The Approach Shot. Hang out with us.
2: This week on The Approach Shot. An Emmy award-winning actress. It's Patrika Darbo.
1: You play golf avidly, I understand.
3: Not sure how well I play avidly, but I play. I have a nickname of one-sleeved Darbo, so.
4: <laughs> <laughs> download an episode or two of the Approach Shot today at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. Now I have to go, how the hell do I get out of here? <laughs>
1: And Thanks for hanging out. We are The Approach Shot. We are back. I am John Ashton. I'm Neil Michaels,
2: and Tyson Ross has joined us, as promised. Tyson, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. I appreciate
2: it. You know how I have notes. Research. Research
1: up the yin-yang.
2: Yes, I have to tell you, there's something cool, though. I've been in San Diego now for 13 years, and there's something about talking to a guy who was beloved by everybody. Tyson, I don't know if it translated from the fans to you while you were either on the mound or just in everyday life. But I cannot think of, with the exception of guys like Tony Gwynn and Randy Jones, who are, you know, all timers, if you know how much this city loved you when you were here.
3: Man, I appreciate hearing that. I definitely felt the love out on the mound at Petco. Uh, you know, those years pitching for the Padres, it was, it was special for me, for my family. You know, a lot of good memories in town, in the stadium. Uh, you know, I miss, I miss San Diego dearly still. You know, it's a beautiful place. Great place to be a ball player too.
2: Yeah, it misses you too, and and we're so glad that you're with the Dodgers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you can't beat we'll them; got to join them, right?
2: <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get into it in a bit. Let me let me go down your resume if I can. Uh, Tyson attended Cal Berkeley, where he was all Pac-10 twice, and had 271 strikeouts in his career at Cal Berkeley, which is third on Cal's all-time list. In 2007, while at Cal, he received the Rawlings Gold Glove Award for being the best fielding pitcher in the entire country, which is pretty incredible when you think about how many guys that included, right? I mean, this isn't like MLB where there's 26 teams or 30 teams. This is every collegiate university coast to coast. And they gave you the gold glove. That's special.
3: I guess so. I mean, you know, the way (laughs) I see it is if I would have got a couple more swing and misses, I might've been, you know, second or first all time. But those guys kept finding a way to tap it back to the mound, and I ended up with the gold glove instead. So
0: there yeah. you go. all right <laughs> he
3: was
2: he was drafted by the Oakland A's and and you're living in the Bay Area now in the second round of the two thousand and eight draft, later traded to the Padres where uh, he became a fan favorite and won a job as a starter. in two thousand and thirteen after a rehab stint, you had a two ninety three era, including two shutouts that year. and overall for the year, you had a three seventeen ERA. Now, John, I know you love it when I get deep into the stats, like I did when when we had Jeff Montgomery. But I mm. uh, just to put this in perspective, only seven starting pitchers in all of Major League Baseball this year had a lower ERA than Tyson had that year. And then in two thousand fourteen, Tyson won thirteen games, struck out one hundred ninety five, and had a two eighty one ERA. Only three pitchers. In all of Major League Baseball, this year had a lower ERA than Tyson had that year. That's why he won the Padres' Clyde McCullough Pitcher of the Year Award. He won that again in 2015 when he started a league-high 33 games and struck out 212. And then in 2016, he was pegged as the Open A-Day starter, but that's when the injuries started, and we can get into some more of that later. And then trying to recover from that, pitching with the Rangers, the Cardinals, um, and then you had what all of us in San Diego had hoped would be just this incredible reuniting in 2018. He came back to the Padres through a combined one hitter with Brad hand, but after 123 innings, you were waived by the Padres caught on with the Cardinals, but we don't really care if you, you know, do well with the Cardinals. We care about no, no, we do. It, actually you did really well with the Cardinals and then ended your career with the Tigers. It was a, a hell of a career. People talk about guys like you, like meteors, you flash in, in the sky and it's bright and everybody loves it and you're mesmerized by it and then it's gone. And it's like, it hurts. It hurts us as fans to see guys like you, who we loved so dearly and who we saw that we're going to kill it, have injuries. And I wanted to just talk about that a little bit and then we can talk about some of the successes and some of the fun. Did you feel that sort of same way where the fans and the people were, were loving on you? And when, you, when the injuries came, how did you deal with it?
3: Yeah, I mean, injuries, unfortunately, are part of the game. The timing of that one in uh, in 2016 was pretty unfortunate. You know, I worked my whole career, finally found a home in San Diego, you know, really was able to to gel with uh, Darren Ballsley, the pitching coach, learned from my teammates, guys like Andrew Kashner, you know, veteran pitchers like Jason Marquis. Uh, you know, we had uh, James Shields, who really taught me a lot in his time there in San Diego. And I was really starting to become a complete pitcher. And I, you know, I just had this shoulder pain thing that I kept trying to ignore, kept trying to rehab, kept trying to go. Do everything i could do stem cell injections whatever it was and it just crept up on me and you know unfortunately that opening day start you know it was it was like the the pinnacle of my career and it was also the the beginning of the end and i knew coming into that game that my arm wasn't right and i was just hoping with you know the the love of the fans on opening day and some adrenaline maybe i'd just get through it and you know sometimes you have these things that nag all spring training and you just kind of grind through it and then all of a sudden one day you know you're good to go but uh unfortunately you know, got roughed up in that opening day start. And then that was the last time I picked up a ball for the Padres that year. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a tough mental grind, you know, trying to figure out exactly what was wrong and then ultimately getting surgery and battling my way back, having a tough bounce back year with uh, Texas in which I was rehabbing and then still pitching, but not at 100%. And, you know, like you said, coming coming back to San Diego in 2018, that, them believing that I could do what I had done before and, you know, being reunited with a fan base, with a, a ball club that I knew well. Uh, You know, it's just a a perfect storm uh, for me to be able to bounce back and do what I did in San Diego, um, you know, for that three quarters of a season there. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. It gives you perspective, even though my career was probably cut short by that injury and, and just everything that happened at that time. I was I learned a lot from it. You know what I'm doing now in player development stems a lot from those experiences that I went through as a player, being healthy, doing well, being injured, trying to come back. You know, I've seen all sorts of parts of the game. And so, you know, that perspective is what allows me to kind of continue to work with with young ball players now and help them try to achieve their dreams.
2: I remember when you came back in 2018, people around here were buzzing, you know, oh, Tyson Ross is back. Oh, they so they checked to see how you did in the rest of 16 and how you did in 17. And they were like, OK, well, you could tell, you know, he's working his way back and stuff. And then when you had that one hitter with with Brad, it was early in the season. I think it was like it, it was in April. People were like, he's back, here he is. And you pitched 123 innings. I mean, there are guys who have a full season that don't pitch much more than that. And yet somewhere in July, August, the decision was made to waive you and, and the Cardinals were like, thank you very much. Because you went 2-0 and with the Cardinals and, and had a pretty good rest of the year.
3: Unfortunately, it's a business of baseball. Uh, you know, coming into that year, we were, uh, you know, I was a non-roster invite to spring training you know, fighting and claw to, to earn a spot in the rotation. And Lamette got hurt right at the end of spring training. And yeah. when he got hurt, that was going to be, that was kind of the domino that fell that shifted things from, okay, we might be able to compete with, with, uh, you know, the roster that we have. And then I think the team in front office decided, hey, we're going to go with some young options, see what we got, give them some length. And that's when you see, you know, Joey Lucchese debuted as a rookie. Eric Lauer debuted as a rookie. Both of those guys holding down spots in the rotation, and then, um, you know, I was a starter I then Clayton Richard had returned. And so you had this blend of, of, of older veteran players kind of grooming the new crop of guys and showing them the ropes. And, you know, for me to be able to take the ball every five days, go six plus innings, show them what it looks like for a guy to go out there and get outs. And I didn't have my best stuff, but, you know, I was, I was a shell of my former self, but I showed them, you know, with guts and a little bit of uh, a little bit of brain power, you can make some good pitches and and pitch deeper into games and, you know, just kind of educate the young guys. And so, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed going back to San Diego it was a different role for me to be, you know, kind of, kind of bring up the young guys, but you know, it was, it was fun and it was an opportunity to do something that I wish I had when I was a rookie coming up.
1: I got a problem with the game itself. First off, you never play for the Red Sox, so I never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just put a little scenario out there you're you're a pitcher you're doing great stuff and and maybe this is just jealousy from from some of the other position players cuz the pitcher is the sexy guy the sexy position everybody gets but you could have a game you could be striking out guys and and throwing balls where everything was hit on the ground and i could be a shortstop and i could boot three balls i could have one or two guys score unearned of course so it doesn't count against you but we could lose the game and you still get tagged with the loss, even though you were doing great stuff and the guys behind you were screwing up. Does that ever strike you as being unfair? Or is that just, you know, because you get to be the sexy position, you take the good with the bad.
3: No, you just got to chalk it up to that's the game. I mean, you know, there's plenty of times where you're out there with nothing on the mound and guys are hitting laser beams and it's just right after, you know, right to guys left and right. And, yeah. You know the, the hitters are all pissed off because they're squaring up everything you're throwing, and you're you're out there sweating like, man, I got a, a four leaf clover in my back pocket today, and <laughs> yeah. you might walk out of it with ten hard hit balls and no hard runs. So yeah, and guy, it's guys, funny. baseball, baseball always catches finds it a to a the way. Yeah. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, gotcha. Baseball finds a way to balance itself out, so you got to take the good with the bad and yeah, and just keep you know plugging away.
2: I yeah, you. I told uh, John knows uh, he's a Red Sox fan. I'm a Twins fan. If you ever want to take that thought you just had john and and embody it in a single human this year one of the best pitchers that that the twins have is a guy named sonny gray who's been around for a while He's 33 years old he has the second lowest earn run average in the entire american league and he won eight games all year mm. not because he was injured not because it's just because he had bad luck he mm-hmm. would he would go out there he'd either throw a shutout or only give up a run or two and the twins would score less than that or they'd score three but then the other team would come back on them so by the end of the year the guy has has pitched almost 200 innings but he only has eight wins yeah he could just as easily have 17 or 18 wins it's you know just luck of the draw right
3: yeah Yeah, you just just got to control what you can control
2: he knew the job was dangerous when he took it (laughs) That's right. All right. I want to go back to what has to be one of the great dates in your career, probably in your life. April 7th, 2010, the first batter you faced in Major League Baseball was you coming out of the bullpen in Seattle to face a guy that these people probably have heard of. And you came out as this rookie and struck him out and his name was Ken Griffey Jr. How did you go out there and not be all wobbly-legged? And I mean, I know you trained for this, but you're looking at Ken Griffey Jr.
3: Uh, Yeah, well, first of all, fake news, because uh, Wikipedia is wrong, and I'm not going to change it. Everyone asks this question, and it's great. He was was actually my second career strikeout. The first guy was a a catcher named, uh, I believe, Rob Johnson. But yeah, you know, debut... Struck out Ken Griffey Jr. Second career strikeout. I was definitely wobbly lobby need. Um, I was a nervous kid. I was 22 years old. You know, I, I grew up playing Nintendo 64, playing Ken Griffey Jr. baseball, and <laughs> here I am, 60 feet six inches away. And you know, I got lucky. I, I I got lucky. I only faced him one time in my career. So I'm he's 0 for one against me, and I got a punch out. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy when that happens. You know, baseball is a crazy game with longevity and things. I, you know, I got to play against Ken Griffey Jr. I got to play with Mark Cotze and and Houston Street, Eric Chavez, you know, some of these hometown guys. I grew up in Oakland. I was an A's fan. I got to play with those guys in the green and gold. Uh, I played with Houston and San Diego, but still just like the opportunity to play with people that you watched as a kid that you looked up to and hear the field with them and dug the dugout. And, and it's it, you know, that's one of the special things about baseball is the longevity of players in the game and the, you know, the crossing of generations that, that get to enjoy it together.
1: You can still you can honestly say that Ken Griffey Jr. never got a hit against you. That's what I was going
2: to yeah, say. That,
3: that you, is true. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: could walk into a bar and
2: be like, look, I pitched in the major leagues for, you know, a bunch of years and Ken Griffey Jr. never got a hit off me. <laughs> wow. True, yeah. A really good way to get free drinks forever. <laughs> your, uh, your brother, Joe plays.
3: Yeah. Joe Joe's a pitcher as well.
2: He pitched for the nationals. I grew up in the Washington DC area. So, you know, the Nats, uh, had their ups and downs, but I believe Joe won a World Series in 2019.
3: Yep, that's correct.
2: Does he have the ring?
3: Uh no, I have the ring.
2: Do you really?
3: <laughs> well he's keeping it it's it's safe keeping in my house. But yeah. He, <laughs> he moves around. Saying... He's still playing. He's you know he's in hotels. He's in he's in uh apartments and things. So I've got a house. I got a nice safe place for it. You know, it's there waiting for him. But yeah. Here in that ring in 2019 is pretty cool.
2: You guys are much nicer brothers than than my brother and I. If my brother <laughs> had a ring and I didn't, it, he I, I wouldn't come within 20 feet of it, but I would see it every Thanksgiving. It'd be oh, waved yeah. in my face all the time.
3: I'm sure he loves knowing that I have it, just just to rub it in every day. I,
2: I have to ask you about um, playing in San Francisco. So San, the Giants were the last team you played for, even though you grew up in Oakland. Do the people in Oakland get that are they like well yeah you know you're you're still in the Bay Area so it's okay or do they say we don't think about you after 2019?
3: I was with them in 2020 and that's when everything went sideways with COVID so I didn't actually play that 2020 season past spring training mm-hmm. uh, but I did have a lot of people in Oakland and in the Bay Area they were excited for me to potentially play at home every time I came to town with the Padres or or other teams uh, they were everyone was excited and you know i started my career off in oakland i was young i didn't know how to pitch yet and so i didn't have the best years down there but once i was in san diego and started to figure things out i always kind of turned it up a notch when i got to play back at home in the bay area in front of friends and family so i was looking forward to that opportunity my my friends and family were looking forward to it and unfortunately it didn't happen but hopefully it'll it'll happen with my brother he's uh he was with san francisco last year on rehab and hopefully they sign him back and he can He can pick up where I left off and pitch in the city.
1: There you go. Tyson Ross can can live vicariously through his brother's career continuance. We have a a show to continue, and we will do that in just a couple of seconds when we come right back. We have Tyson Ross, our guest here on The Approach Show.
0: Call 800-683-3822. 800-683-3822. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-683-3822. 800-683-3822. 800 683
4: 3822.
1: And welcome back. This is still the approach shot. I'm still John Ashton.
2: I'm still Neil Michaels. <clears throat> Thank you for doing that while I was drinking water.
1: <clears throat> yeah, anytime. It's not
2: like you couldn't see me, John, you know?
1: <laughs> and Tyson water, Ross is still broke. our guest. Here yeah. he is. As, as Neil just rambles on in the yeah, background I just, as he does. I, I want to pick up on, on one thing, however, that you said, man, uh, a little confused. Now, after Neil rattled off all these awards you won in college, and then you just said you got, you got into the majors and you didn't know how to pitch yet. Is it really that much different, a level of competition between the major league and working in college as a pitcher?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, plenty of guys have nasty stuff and And plus a velocity at the, you know, in the minor leagues or even in college, but you know, you're playing the best of the best from around the world, from every, every age range that's possible. You know, you're playing guys from 40 down to 19. If you can play at that level, they're going to be the best. And so when you get to the major leagues, you know, the strike zone gets tighter. Your execution has to be sharper. You know, mistakes get magnified. The thing for me was I always had a good breaking ball and I thought making it bigger was better, but bigger was something that the hitters could see and they could eliminate it early. So after plenty of breaking balls where guys didn't face at all, I've realized, okay, I got to make it shorter or shorter, sharper and later. And then that's when you start getting the swings and misses. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just fine tuning the game, understanding that the game will adjust to you. And then you have to adjust to it, just learning on the fly. It's really, really hard to get there. And it's even harder to stay. And that's, that's what I had to figure out. You know, I was going up and down from the major leagues to the minor leagues, the first couple of years. And, you know once i figured out how to stay then i really figured out how to succeed that's when things kind of yeah. took off for me in san diego the career <laughs>
1: i could have had if i could have hit a curveball man <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah i say if the same had- thing about hitting a golf ball straight
2: yeah <laughs> <Would> you- <laughs> we'll talk about it here in a minute if you had to if you had to pick one or two games that you said i want to put these games in a time capsule and look at them frequently as as my best what would they be? I'm sure that, that they come to mind.
3: First complete game shutout, that was at home on like a Sunday against Cincinnati, maybe in 20, 2014, I believe. That was a fun one. I think I had one in 2014. I actually lost this one against the Dodgers, but it was, uh, I was matched up against Green Key, I think the year that he won the Cy Young or ERA title or every award possible. And then probably I'd say that game in Arizona was pretty cool. You know, the near no hitter knowing it would have been potentially the first one in in franchise history. My surgeon had this thoracic outlet surgery that not many people come back from. And he just, you know, Dr. Robert Thompson from St. Louis just happened to be in town, asked for tickets that day. I left him tickets. And all of a sudden I had this magical start where it looked like I was going to do something like extremely special. It's just like kind of a cool coincidence. I saw him down on the field before the game during BP. He came down in the clubhouse after and, uh, You know, even though I didn't make history that day, you know, for me, it was like a it was kind of like a historic heat for me to come back from this surgery that not many people do and and do something like that on that level and have a chance to do something really special. So I'd say those three. Yeah,
2: very cool. Yeah, especially, you know, knowing how he changed the way you did things and the fact that you came out and were as close to a no hitter as you can possibly get. That that's a fantastic story. On the other hand, not so fantastic on the golf course, you say. You had told me when we talked before before today. Kind of an atrocious game, actually, I think was the word that you used.
3: I, I think right now I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I've played in a couple uh charity scrambles the last couple of weeks. So, you know, yeah. between four of us, five of us, you know, some good shots come out every now and then. And, you know, as it as I'm a good teammate. That's what it is. You know, I'll find a way to contribute on a whole. But when it's just me and myself and I out there, it's, it gets ugly real fast. Where,
1: does it Does it start straight and curve left or right? Or does it go immediately left or right?
3: You know, I got every shot in the bag, really. Okay. It's, and the problem is I have the ability to hit it really far and really straight at times. So I know mm-hmm. it's in there. I just have no idea what, what brings it out. Gotcha. So I just go out there, put a smile on my face and just enjoy it. And, you know. <laughs> Go out, so, go out with someone patient that I can have fun with.
1: And you find that everybody else on the team expects a lot from you. You have high expectations because the athlete is here on our team.
3: Oh yeah, no, definitely. That's the worst part about playing with someone new is, you know, I walk up, I'm six, two sixty, 260 And, you know, they see me on the driving range, I'm pummeling balls, but you know, those ones don't count, and I have to. I don't have to go find them when they go off left or right. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, pretty early on in the round, they'll see they'll see how bad it can get, and I'd make a joke, and then they're like, "All right, this guy's cool. Like we're just have fun out here." Yeah,
2: I like something you said, John, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking to somebody for the people who get overly competitive in those best balls and and in the charity ones especially. What's the best you're going to have today? You win and you get a hundred dollar gift card for the yeah, the, from the uh, pro shop pro shop, and yeah. end up buying balls in a shirt. You yeah. know, I'd rather go out with Tyson, have a, a couple of cocktails and tell some stories
3: and have a good time. Yeah, 100%. Yep. That's yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can, if you can walk away after five hours, six hours on a golf course and say, Hey, I know Tyson Ross. Tyson that's Ross right. is a friend of mine now because we play golf together. You know? Yeah. We play golf together. He said anytime. And
2: I'm yeah. going to take him up on it. Hey, please do. <laughs> What's the best part of your game and the worst part of your game?
3: Oh, man. As of late, uh, putting has been pretty pretty good for me. I just got one of those lab putters. And, uh, oh. you know, at my size, it's custom fit. Uh, yeah. They did some video analysis on my swing, and and I can roll it where I want the ball to go now. So, you know, I've been sinking some putts. I've been feeling pretty good about that. You know, the worst part about my game is probably just the short game you know even though i struggle off the tee i still have the ability to hit a long ways and, and and you know hit some recovery shots but uh yeah i just don't have i don't have the feel around the green yet you know i don't know how to flop it you know most most of the time it's just a little bump and run and pray that it stays on the on the green but you know i know i know to score you got to be able to you know hit those nice little wedges and have all those shots in your bag and i think that's something i really need to focus on uh you know to to stink a little bit less yeah
1: like I tell people, I never hit the ball 150 yards with a gap wedge unless I'm 10 yards off the green.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't the most frustrating part of golf when you do exactly what you had just said, you get on the tee, you've struggled the first three or four holes, you know, you stop just letting it go. And now you're starting to think, okay, where's this? Where's that? And then, you know, hole number five, you just crush one. It's 250 plus it's close to down the middle or down the middle. And you and everybody in your group goes, there it is. And you go, yeah, that's it. I got it. And then you go up on number six and you just put it in the woods. And you're like, really? It lasted one hole.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm lucky if I get to that next hole. The the worst part about it is you hit that drive. It's sitting there nice and plush. You got that awkward distance of like, you know, 50 to 60 yards in and you just chunk it and you're like, oh, wow, I just (laughs) completely wasted that one.
2: Wasted the drive. That's right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, you know, I'm always contemplating the Texas wedge at that point because it's just, it's like, I'm not going to chuck the putter.
2: Yeah. When you just said I'm rolling it good. I thought, well, that's a good way to do it. Just put the putter in
1: your bag and just roll it. But
2: I guess you yeah with the putter.
1: (laughs) Hey, it's an easy game Tyson. You just hit the ball with the middle of the club face. That's the secret. That's all there is to
3: it. It makes sense.
1: (laughs) And, and to make it even worse, it's not coming at you
2: 94 miles an hour. It's yeah. not coming, it's not a slider, it's not a sweep, it's not
1: knuckleball, it's just sitting there daring yeah. you to do it. Come on, you don't, it can't be that hard. You don't hard. have to predict where the <laughs> ball's going to be when you make contact with it. You know, it's right there.
3: No, I, I want to make it harder on myself, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
2: we're going to make things hard on you here in a minute as Ooh. we <laughs> do the
1: dreaded six-pack. With Tyson Ross. You know, one of the things that confuses me, they'll say, like on the golf course, that was a fine shot. Fine shot. And then they talk about things like on your skin, they talk about fine lines. Different. Totally. It's 180 degrees different. One is fine and one is fine. Yeah. The, one is not so fine. No. Because you don't want fine lines on your face, especially as you get older. Because people will look at you and go, hey, you're getting older. I can tell yeah. by those fine lines.
2: Yeah. Like if you're Tyson Ross, You walk up to people and you go, guess how old I am? People say, I don't know, 28, 31. People walk up to you and me. We don't say, guess how old we are, because we don't want them to. (laughs) How old are you? Uh, 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 What uh, else you want to talk
1: about? uh, Is that a bird? (laughs) You know this, and I know this, and every guy knows this, is that traditions have changed. Yes. And we are no longer the macho guys who are out there just, you know, the leathery skin and the outdoor guy. And, you know, we've been out on the sun working hard. Duh, duh. You want to keep your your youthful appearance for one I do reason want to or keep another. my youthful not... wife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> She's younger than me and she looks good. I want to keep her. So I think I'm going to use the stuff that Caldera Labs has for us. The men's skin care specialists at Caldera Labs. Look at this. Can you see this? It says the icon, spelled E-Y-E-C-O-N. This stuff is intended to take those lines that are beneath your eyes and above your eyes and eliminate them. And I don't know if you can get a good look because I'd have to run up to the camera and I don't want to scare people, but I've been using this now for three weeks. And I have to tell you, Samsonite called and said, no, we
1: don't want to sponsor you anymore for those bags because they're (laughs) going away. Well, you know... The the clinical trials with Caldera Labs show that 94% of the men's skin showed an overall younger looking appearance after using their products for only three weeks. Three weeks. That's it. And
2: that's right where we are now. I was on a business trip for four days in Arizona and I forgot my Caldera Labs skincare stuff. When I got back, my skin felt oilier again it felt a little loose again because part of what's great about this is it tightens up your skin. It gives you that great feeling when you're massaging it in in the morning and you have that tingly feeling and you can just feel everything feels better. And now that I've been back four or five days, I will never go on
1: vacation again without taking it with me. Yeah, there's a regimen that you need to do on a regular basis. You got the clean slate, the base layer and the good. Okay, and the clean slate starts and ends your day. You uh, it's a face wash and it leaves all skin types refreshed in the base layer. It's a daily moisturizer. It hydrates your skin. You jumpstart your day full of confidence. And then the good, this is the good. It's your multifunctional serum. You put it on at night. It helps your skin look tighter and smoother because the serum is packed with 3.4 million Antioxidant units, not 3.399. No, sir. Nope. 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. And no other brand does this. They're so nice over there. They call it the good, but they should call it the incredible. Not only do we look good, but we are good. We're very nice. (laughs) And we want to give you the best offer available anywhere. The best. This is no joke. This is the best
2: (laughs) offer available on the internet, yes. on this product.
1: Nobody has a deal better than ours. This is remarkable. Go to calderalab.com slash approach. And what happens when they do that, Neil? They get 20% off, 20. Yeah, not, not 10, not 15, like other people. Nope. No, no, 20.
2: calderalab.com slash
1: approach and use the code approach to get 20% off. off at calderalab.com with code APPROACH. Hang out here. Tyson Ross gets hit with the six-pack next. And if you're one of those companies that stayed open during COVID, I have some great news for you. Government funds are available to reward companies who stayed open during that challenging time. It's not a loan. You don't have to pay it back. Your hard work to stay open could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at refundsasap.com. That's refundsasap.com. You heard that right. Up to $26,000 per employee. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the tax experts at refundsasap.com. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work. Then they share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans. If you have five or more employees. Let asap.com help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit RefundsASAP.com RefundsASAP.com And thanks for hanging and coming back. And uh, Tyson came back. He ran out to order some Caldera Lab stuff just a minute ago. But I am John Ashton. And I'm Neil Michaels. And it's not that he needs it, but everybody needs better looking skin.
2: So, you know, what the heck? Tyson, are you ready for a six pack? You're going to need some of that Caldera Lab stuff because you're about to get burned. (laughs)
3: Let's do it, guys.
2: It's just water. I swear to God, it's just water. (laughs) (laughs) I have to like tell you how this is going to go. We're going to hit you with six questions. You give us the very first answer that comes to mind. If you don't, you hear this. That will be us saying, come on, let's do it. First answer that comes to mind. You got it? Ready? Got it. All right. Question one. You told us that you're an awful, awful, awful awful golfer. Tell us one story that would prove
3: it. I picked up golf in 2017, trying to get my mind off of the horrible season I just had with Texas and the Rangers. And, you know, I thought golf would do that, but I just Played golf even worse than i did pitch that year so you know figure it out on the golf course played a few times in the off season i come down to spring training signed back with the padres i link up with an old teammate we go play uh play round out in north scottsdale and first tee shot you know i'm like hey i'm not very good i don't know how this is gonna go and take a hack top the ball hits about a foot in front of the tee and bounces backwards and i was like wow well, i don't think i could do any worse than that so all the pressure is off at that point and uh you know I was hitting two from from, you know, a little bit closer to the blacks on that next shot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If it makes you feel any better, young sir, we had that exact same conversation with Fred Lynn, who is a six handicap. And he said he was up on the first tee and hit the tee stanchion. And he's got a crowd around because it was a tournament. (laughs) Hit the stanchion. It went straight up in the air. Everybody looked up and nobody could find the ball except for. The spotter who points 10 yards behind him and says, You're hitting two. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's the difference. A pro gets more distance than me. Yeah. I only I only got like a
2: couple. You got feet. even more to, if you yeah. if you're gonna screw it up, at least screw it up further. I love it. Yep. All right. Question two. What pitcher from your childhood did you want to be like?
3: I wanted to be like Dontra Willis, you know, big lake kick, kid from the Bay Area. That was someone that I really looked up to. And now we get to be uh coworkers with the Dodgers. So it's it's really cool.
2: The D train. He does a really great job on television. Question three. Now we're getting personal. Your folks from Oakland call and say, hey, Tyson, come home for dinner. What are you hoping your mom makes and what are you praying she doesn't make?
3: All right. My mom made a really good, we used to call it Tyson chicken. It was kind of a teriyaki marinade. It was a little Tyson, you know, the Tyson chicken brand, little Uh drumsticks. It just, it was a unique flavor. I don't, I've never had anything like it elsewhere. You know, we do that with some, some rice. And, uh, you know, that was my favorite meal growing up. So hopefully she made that thing. I would hope she wouldn't make, and we joke about this all the time. So she's not going to get mad, but she tried (laughs) to make a pecan, a pecan pie one time and bought walnuts. My dad was like, (laughs) something takes a little off. He's like, what is this? And she was like, oh, it's pecan pie. And he was like, I think you bought walnuts. So, you know, Jean's famous walnut pie. I I hope I don't have to eat that again.
2: He made a walnut pie. (laughs) That's fantastic. Okay, I could stop now. <laughs> Question four. Who is the biggest practical joker you ever played with? And give us an example.
3: Skip Schumacher was pretty good. And I, really? I think I'll tell the story. Yeah, he's still he's an active manager, so mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to get him in trouble. But Skip was a former St. Louis Cardinal. I think he won the World Series with them. And yeah. uh, Adam Wainwright was a really good prankster. And so I remember there was one time, getaway day, you know, you're playing the game on the field the clubbies pack up all your stuff so the team can eat their dinner and get on their plane and get get out of town. And uh, I guess Wainwright and, and Skip had a little thing going back and forth and Skip comes back, his locker's completely cleaned out. The only thing left are his street clothes and on his, you know, nice button down collared shirt, Wainwright had the clubby take it to the home clubhouse, put Wainwright number 50 right on the back. So Skip's wearing a button down shirt. There's probably like a couple hundred bucks that was a jersey of Wainwright's on the back. And that was that was hilarious because, you know, you're on the clock. You got you to gotta eat, shower, get out of there. And Skip's just like, are you kidding me, man? Like, it's freaking hilarious. He's
2: a walking billboard for Wayno, isn't he?
3: <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: All right, question five. Which hitter did you not want to see coming up? And on the other hand, who did you
3: own? I'll answer part two now because... I don't have to pitch anymore. Don't have to worry about it. But Jake Lamb, when he was with uh, Arizona, I had really good numbers against him. You know, just one of those things where, where my stuff matched up well with, uh, you know, the holes he had in his swing at that point. And as soon as I left, he became an all-star and was tearing mm-hmm. it up for the D-back. So I'm sure he was happy to see me in my <laughs> career end because, it, you know, it just, just got beginning for him. Uh, And then the hitter I hated facing, I hated facing uh, Nolan Arenado when he was in Colorado. He was unbelievable. I mean, he would do things on defense that made you, made your jaw drop. But uh, at the plate, he was, he was a, he was a serious threat, man. And it didn't seem like I had anything that could really, you know, stump him. At best, I might be able to get some hard contact right at someone, but, you know, he was a tremendous hitter back then and it still is today.
2: Still is. Yeah. Interesting uh, that you didn't mention Ken Griffey Jr., who never had a hit off of you.
3: Yeah, I get numbers again, Sam. I'm gonna sit on those. So.
2: That's probably going to be the intro on the on the podcast. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. never had a hit off of this man. All right, Tyson. Question six: Since we are the approach shot, Tyson Ross, in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by?
3: Oh man. I'm going to steal this one from my buddy, Andrew Kashner, uh, dessert first, you know, enjoy, enjoy life. We used to go out to dinner, go to a real nice steakhouse and he would just order dessert first. He'd get his drink and he'd order dessert first. You know, you only get one life, get out there, enjoy it.
2: Cash did have a body by Pillsbury, didn't he?
3: <laughs> he more mass, more gas. So he, he had a good pass. on him.
2: Except then after he finishes playing, that's a different kind of more gas that exactly. you necessarily don't <laughs> that, necessarily.
3: that's his wife's problem at this point though <laughs> that's right, <fortunately>.
2: exactly. <laughs> oh thank you sir tyson ross you are off the hot seat well done yeah, thank you hey uh let's talk a little bit about the fact that um now you are working for the dodgers in player development and there are people i mean john's a red Sox fan you never want to see a red Sox player become a yankee i'm a twins fan i never wanted to see a twins player become a royal so as a padre, you never want to see somebody go to the Dodgers. It happens, Manny Machado. You have to make a living, and let's face it, we wouldn't hate them if they weren't a great organization. So how are things going there, and and how are things looking for the playoffs? And you know, what do you think is going to happen the rest of the postseason for your team?
3: Uh, yeah, you know, it's my first year on the job over here. I've I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I do some charity work at home for for the kids in the community, but you know, I really love the game, and to be able to be around the professional level again has been tremendous. Being able to see, ultimately, my job is to help help players and coaches, and help players get to the big leagues. And learning from the lessons that I found on the field, uh, you know, reflecting on those lessons with the players, um, you know, it's, it's been cool to see different players move up from level to level. We've had a lot of injuries at the major league level, so that means a lot of opportunity, and we've seen a lot of the guys from our player development, you know, minor leagues, come up and, and take down big innings and big at bats, and so. I'm excited for the postseason. And I think at the beginning of the year, people kind of wrote off the Dodgers as a favorite in the West. And we're talking about, you know, the Diamondbacks and the Padres, uh, on paper, but ultimately it comes down to what you do between the lines. And it's been exciting to see, you know, what these young guys can do in addition to, you know, helping out the veterans like Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Kershaw. So I'm excited for the postseason. It's going to be exciting. Uh, you know, it's a whole new ball game season starts over. So hopefully when we get to this division series here in a few days, uh, you know, we get, get the first one out of the way and, uh, you know, set us up for success.
2: Hey, you mentioned some charity work that you, uh, that you're doing Tyson, you want to talk about that a little bit and is there any way people can get involved in what you're doing?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I founded a program with my brother called loyal to my soil based out of the Bay area. And basically the price of youth sports and baseball in particular is really priced priced out a lot of kids and families. So what we do is we go around hosting free camps and clinics, uh, donate equipment, Host educational workshops, things like that for baseball and softball players. We do everything from kids age five all the way up to 18, um, all skill levels from first time on a baseball field to kids that have scholarship opportunities to play in college and really just try and grow the game and, and take away the financial barrier for for the families that make it a, a a you know a hurdle for them. I learned so many good things from the game of baseball over the years, met so many good people, not because of, you know, the career I had at the major league level, but you know, some of my best memories are going back to the the youth baseball days. And, you know, if we don't have kids that can afford to get out there for T-ball, then you're not going to have those kids growing up, having those memories, learning those lessons from the game. You know, if you want to check us out, our, our website is org, And we have a big charity golf tournament coming up in November, November 6th in the Bay Area. If you guys are available, I'd love to have you out. You know, feel free to check out the website. And an inquiry. And for you too, you got my number, you got my email, and let's chat, let's get you out on the course. And you can, you can see how far I can hit a ball out of bounds.
2: You could also see how far we can't hit it. Are there openings for people if they want to play in the tournament?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, it's a fun tournament. It's a scramble. Uh, we pair up most foursomes with the celebrity athlete. So you get a chance to, you know, have a great day on, on course, st- support a, a great cause and, you know, hopefully walk right away with a new friend that you can uh, go golfing with.
2: That's awesome. So it's loyaltomysoil.org. And, yep. and what a great idea to be able to help kids get past the financial barrier, learn the game that did so much for you and for so many people. I love it when when guys who are put in a financial position because the game pays well to be able to go back to people who can't afford it because then they can be in the position. And this is, this is the ultimate in paying it forward. So I, I, well done. I mean, I, I applaud you for doing that.
3: Oh, thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun.
2: Loyaltomysoil.org. Go check it out. If you're in the Bay Area or if you're planning a trip to the Bay Area at the time that the tournament is going on early November, go do it. Tyson Ross, it's been a thrill to have you on. Again, lots of people that I know that I mentioned. Great to meet you, Tyson.
1: And if you had only played for the Red Sox. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We got more. We'll be right back. Hang out. We're out of your
4: if you're fed up with your credit card's high interest rates and your balances are so out of control that they never seem to go down, one call to Consolidated Credit can get the relief you need. Consolidated Credit has helped over 6 million people with credit card debt, and their certified credit counselors are ready to help you. They can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast without destroying your credit. The program works, and the consultation is free. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800 800- 214-3104. 800-214-3104. That's 800-214-3104. Consolidated Credit Solutions, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action. Not a loan term
1: and we have made it back we are the approach shot i am john ashton
2: i am neil michaels you crack me up when we're off microphone when you say stuff and then you're like okay we're back and i'm like wait i haven't had a minute stop laughing
1: Fine. Let me just tell you, this is why you would want to go to a link that we're going to have eventually, eventually. put up on, on ApproachShot.net, yeah. which is our website, where you can go and you can subscribe. Yeah. Because one of the things that a subscription, which is going to set you back a couple bucks, I'm going to tell you right now, up front, okay? We're talking maybe 3 $5, somewhere in that yeah. range. Five, $5, something like that. Yeah. But you're going to get not only the show without any of the commercial interruptions, But you're also going to get the video. Yeah. We never turned it off. We never turn it off and we don't edit it. And you're going to see all the stuff that cracks him up, all the stupid stuff that we do. It's funny. If you watch the TV
2: show Password, Jimmy Fallon and the host, whose name escapes me right now, they have, this is what's went on during the commercial break. And you see them just messing around and stuff. Well, that's what we do. You know, we just... We had to say goodbye to Tyson, but we talked to him a little bit off microphone and we've got a little mm. bit of that. And then John's giggling about something and I'm cracking about something. And then John says, um, that's, so that's the stuff you'll be able to subscribe to. And, and mm. as, as soon as we learn anything about technology, we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> if we were we 20 years older, we'd have done this by now, but if we were 20 years younger, we'd have done this by now. Maybe we'll uh, call,
1: call your daughter. See if she can help. There there you go. My daughter made fun of me the other day because I asked her how to do something on my iPhone. Yeah. And she was like, Daddy. And she did it. And I said, Hey, before you make fun of me, I taught you how to use a spoon. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Not to mention the toilet. That's
2: right. So, you know, keep your attitude, Missy, or you'd be peeing your pants. Greater Phoenix has so many golf courses Mm -hmm. um, and, and 5 million people, which is it traffic and stuff is crazy but when you get outside greener phoenix i was through phoenix i got to to spend some time with luis and i got to watch him coach some of his kids exactly what tyson is doing by helping kids who have financial issues play baseball luis trains kickers high school Mm -hmm. and college kickers from all over the world you fly in to phoenix you go to his house He has a hundred yard field at his house with a field goal and the kickers go out there and he trains them. Now I heard him tell us that story and now I've seen him do it. Mm. If you're a kicker, you kick a 38 yarder. He goes, Hey, good shot. 52. So then you line up and you (laughs) kick a 52. Good job. 47 on the right hash and you are working. And it's a hundred degrees out because it's Phoenix,
1: but it's a dry heat. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it was a dry uh, water bottle too for me and he works them, but he's kind and he's a good coach and he has the parents there retrieving the balls. Hey, if we're going to do this for free, you're going to work too. The kids at the end of it have so much knowledge from a guy who was a huge success with the Dallas Cowboys, a huge success with the Philadelphia Eagles. But anyway, zkickforlife.org, Greater Phoenix. Is really pretty. There are an awful lot of, of really nice homes. I, I also got a chance to hang out with Nick Lowry of the Kansas City Chiefs, who we had on. I mm-hmm. uh, was also a field goal kicker. We had lunch at this place in Scottsdale that was beautiful. The homes were on grass. Parts of it are very nice. I think it's when you get to the outskirts that it tends to be a little bit more dry and a little bit more sandy and a little bit more deserty. I left Scottsdale, it was 103. And I got home and it was 60. And I live in San Diego. It's a six-hour drive. While we're talking about it, I went to the Diamondbacks game on Friday night, the game that they were supposed to clinch the playoffs. And it was 99 degrees outside at the start of the game. And I thought, I'm going to die. It's one thing to be in 99 degrees. And it's another thing to be in 99 degrees with 45,000 other people sitting in the same place with no breeze. But Chase Field is one of the prettiest stadiums I've ever seen. And they either have the roof closed or they have air conditioning going through there because I was as comfortable as I would be in Boston or in Minneapolis. Really? Okay. So good for the people who put that stadium together. It was a great night.
1: So how many people do you think in the the baseball world are rooting against the Twins simply because they don't want to have to play baseball in Minneapolis at the end of October? Everybody. (laughs) everybody every same same number of people who who rooted against boston
2: for the same reason it's just target target field here's here's the thing i never understood in atlanta the falcon stadium has a roof Mm -hmm. in atlanta it doesn't snow in atlanta no you don't need a roof in december in atlanta but Atlanta's got a, a roof on their stadium. Minneapolis doesn't. Now, you do play baseball in April and hopefully October. And if you're really good into November, it's going to be 30 degrees if it gets to the end of October there. If, so if you're lucky. Right. Those are the same people who are rooting for Toronto because, you know, there's a roof. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. So once again, hopefully we have figured out the technology. Just go to approachshot.net, not the, yep. just approachshot.net. Yep. And subscribe so you can get all the stuff that's going to get cut out of this episode cuz it ran way too
2: long way too long <laughs> also uh when you're downloading some of our former shows take a listen to some of them we've had some great guests if you go down the list you can see we've had baseball football actors authors other athletes golfers uh caddies it's been a lot of fun we are approaching show number 100 fairly soon so we'll get there in uh couple of maybe a month and a half just know that uh, we are keeping an eye on that and uh, we're going to bring somebody very special to the table for that show oh very cool
1: all righty then so now that you know all of the scoop you can go now you can you can go as long as you (laughs) promise to come back next week do you promise Okay.
2: Yeah, sure. Like, (laughs) I believe that. So come on back and visit with us again. We'd love to have you. I'm
1: Neil Michaels. I'm John Ashton. Thanks very much for hanging out with us here on The Approach Shot. You've been listening
4: to The Approach Shot with the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at approachshot.net.